Hi, my name is Caitlin. And I'm Hannah. And welcome back to Cocktails and Cold Cases. Or if this is your first time listening, welcome. This week we'll be talking about the Springfield Three, who are three women that disappeared from Springfield, Missouri in the middle of the night while drinking a Widow's Kiss cocktail from a bar in Springfield, Missouri, actually. Um, the bar is called Whiskey Tango. So that's something new we're going to be doing. Wherever our story each week takes place, we're going to try and find a bar or restaurant that serves a cocktail that we can reasonably make. So this week it's the Widow's Kiss, which just has some strawberry-infused Bacardi, root champagne, lemon juice, and simple syrup. So what's been new with you this week? What did I do this week? A lot. Hannah has had a crazy last seven days. She has turned 24, and then another couple days from us starting to record this, she'll be starting nursing school. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> no, thank you. Last week, I went down to see her where she is and um, swept her house for her and everything, just started to take care of her because she has been cramming to get a bunch of last-minute prereqs done before she starts in a couple days. So she's been really going through it. She had like four or five classes she had to complete, I think, right? Four. Oof. Learn from me. Don't procrastinate. <laughs> and then she worked a 12-hour shift today too and she works eight hours tomorrow so just god bless her soul i'm very sleep deprived i think i slept like two hours last night i try to cut you off at midnight like you asked i just couldn't fall asleep that's annoying like i stopped working i just couldn't fall asleep but, oh yeah i came to erie Oh, yeah, you visited me. I'm the maid of honor in your wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, about two and a half weeks ago, I got engaged. And since um, my boyfriend works, or I guess fiance now, I guess since he works a lot, when Hannah is free and we would go down to see her together to ask, we asked her a little early since she won't be up much anymore because of nursing school. And... When I asked her about Maid of Honor, she told me no, which I totally get. <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> you know you would do the same if the roles were reversed. Absolutely. Like, so I have a Maid of Honor for my wedding. Poor Hannah. <laughs> uh-huh. Vienna gave her her birthday present, too. Oh, yeah, I need to wash that. Yeah. I opened it and it was really in some ghetto packaging. Mm-hmm. Like wonky packaging. Not dirty, but... So it was like a box completely made of styrofoam that it was encased in. Like the only hole in the styrofoam was the cutout of the uh, mug. <laughs> I was so confused and Marcus and I went to open it and Marcus was like, what is going on with this? And I was like, I don't know. I just got it from some website. He's like, you know... Surprised you even got it. I'm like, yeah, me too. That's true. Where did you get it from? It was called gossby.com. I saw it in a Facebook ad, so I knew it had to be legitimate. Oh my god, be careful with those Facebook ads. They got my gram. 
Oh, she and is so cute. She ordered these like really nice camp chairs that were supposed to like come with a stand and like have cup holders and like even swing not at all what she got and they won't refund her they they're just being really difficult so she lost out on quite a bit of money because of that so be careful oh yeah i actually because of the information security background the little i have i check all the websites i go on for like verification stuff um, so, as I originally said, we will be talking about the Springfield 3, and Hannah will give us a little bit of background on that. So, on June 7th, 1992, three women, Stacy McCall, Suzanne or Susie Streeter, and Cheryl Levitt, disappeared without a trace in Springfield, Missouri. Two of the victims, Stacy and Susie, graduated from high school the day before on June 6th. Police say that the last time the girls were seen was around 2.15 a.m. at a graduation party when they left to go back to Susie's house, who she shared with her mother, Cheryl Levitt. Cheryl was last heard from around 11.15 p.m. on June 6, 1992, after talking with a friend. The next morning, Susie and Stacy were supposed to meet with friends at a water park, but failed to arrive. Stacy's mother, Janice, also could not reach her daughter and drove to Cheryl and Susie's home to find her. When she got to the house, Janice found that the house was unlocked and the TV was on. Janice also found Stacy's belongings, like her wallet, clothes, shoes, and jewelry, placed neatly on the floor and immediately called her husband, Stu. Police noticed that Cheryl also left keys, her car, purse, and other personal belongings at her home. It also appeared that Cheryl had slept in her bed. With all that being said, that is how police found the crime scene, if you want to call it that. Um, So they have no clue exactly what happened to these three women. And there have been many leads and conspiracy theories over the years. So it appears that there is foul play based on a shattered ceiling light fixture on the front porch and the fact that the family's dog was restless. Susie's older brother, Bart, was questioned by police as he was estranged from his family and struggling with alcohol addiction, but was reported to have passed his polygraph test at that point. However, suspicions arose again when Bart tried to kidnap a 15-year-old girl in Tennessee in February of 2019, so just last year. Robert Craig Cox, a convicted kidnapper in Texas, said in 1996 that he knew all three women were dead. And police sergeant Todd King told people that it's hard to gauge if Robert actually knows something or if he's just trying to mess with law enforcement and or gain media attention. They had no idea what his motives were, so they don't know if it was true or not. In 1992, Cox had been living in Springfield, and when interviewed then, he told investigators that he was with his girlfriend at church the morning the woman disappeared, which she corroborated. However, later she recanted her statement and said that Cox asked her to say that. So then all of a sudden his alibi disappeared. Um, Cox also stated that he was at the home of his parents on the night of the disappearance, and they confirmed that as his alibi. But I know a lot of times family can't necessarily be trusted because, I mean, what parents wouldn't lie for their son, so it's very suspicious. Um, And then another very odd development in the case was that... um, 
man called into America's Most Wanted with information about the woman's disappearances. But whenever the operator tried to trace the caller's location, they were disconnected. Um, and then lastly, an anonymous tip from someone who claimed to either be a psychic or have a dream about the case called in about the woman being buried under a parking garage at Cox Hospital, which was built in 1993, just one year after the girls went missing. In 2007, crime reporter Kathy Baird invited Rick Norland, a mechanical engineer, to scan a corner of the parking garage with ground-penetrating radar, and Norland found three anomalies roughly the same size that he said were consistent with the gravesite location, and two of the anomalies were parallel while one was perpendicular. Police spokesperson Lisa Cox said that the person who reported the tip provided no evidence or logical reasoning behind this theory at that time or since then, and digging up the area and subsequently reconstructing the structure would be extremely costly, and without any reasonable belief that the bodies could be located here, it is illogical to do so. So for those reasons, the Springfield Police Department did not intend to, and investigators determined that the lead was not credible which just blows my mind. I mean, imagine finding what ground-penetrating radar determined to be, what could be, three bodies. Like, and it was constructed only a year after these women went missing. I mean, that's just crazy to me. That's insane. Yeah, I don't know how they said it's not credible when literally ground-penetrating radar was like, yep, definitely three-something three here. <laughs> three-something. Three is something that looks like bodies, but who knows? <laughs> not our problem. Not now. All right. So we have uh, a description of the women when they went missing. So Hannah will talk about that a little bit. Police say they still get multiple leads on the case every week. A description of the women from when they went missing is as follows. Cheryl Levitt was born on November 1st, 1944. She was about five foot and weighed 110 pounds. She had brown eyes and short bleached blonde hair that was naturally curly. Cheryl Levitt has a thin build and has freckles on her neck and upper chest. Stacy McCall is a white female born April 23, 1974, about 5'3 and weighed 120 pounds. She had blue eyes, dark blonde hair to the middle of her back, and she had freckles on her face and a dimple in the middle of her chin. Susie Streeter is a white female born on March 9, 1973. She was about 5'2 and weighed about 102 pounds with brown eyes and straight bleached blonde shoulder-length hair. She has a 3.5-inch scar on the top of her right forearm. So obviously, um, everyone here, Susie, Stacy, and Cheryl, won't all look like they did back then, um, especially if they were actually kidnapped and are still alive. But we wanted to get a description out there um, about what they might have looked like, what they may still look like, or at least similar. Um, if you go to our Facebook or Instagram pages, we have pictures of the three of them up there. So I'm sure their facial features won't change much. but it's just good to get a description out of some things that uh, may not change, like their eye color or height. The sources we used for the podcast today were People Magazine's website, 
the government website for Springfield, Missouri, and Daily Mail UK, as well as Wikipedia's website. And we only used the parts of Wikipedia's website that had verifiable sources after them, so legit things, not just like 123blogspot.com. <laughs> um, so yeah, we used all that information in today's podcast. Our next podcast will be coming out September 20th. It's hard to believe that it'll be almost the end of September the next time we release an episode. And thank you so much for joining us. We will hopefully see you in two weeks. Hey everyone, Caitlin here. Be sure to go follow Cocktails and Cold Cases on Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify. We have a lot of pictures of Stacy, Cheryl, and Susie from this episode on our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. So you can see what they look like. And we also have different pictures of evidence that came up when we researched this case, as well as pictures from past cases and hints and clues as to upcoming episodes as well. Be sure to go like and follow our pages. We also have a website now, cocktailsandcoldcases.com, where you can message us and send in your requests and find our email address as well if you want to talk to us. We are also available everywhere you can listen to podcasts, so iTunes, Spotify, Patreon, and a bunch of other podcasting apps we're available on. See you soon!